Don't worry, Shane, it don't get any better. <laughs> Still just as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. But it is wonderful to be here. Uh, I, I do enjoy being able to attend Piney Grove. I've, I've lucked out, been able to be here the last... I was here last week, got to be here for Sanctity of Life Sunday, and then Larry had asked me to preach this Sunday, so it, it is good to be back. Um, I will not be back till probably sometime in April. Um, I'm booked out preaching at other churches, filling in ones that don't have pastors, stuff like that. So um, there's definitely a need, not only in our community. We have a pile in our community without pastors, but there is a need for men to step up and, and fill roles that God has called them to. But we have a need of in churches of of pastors. We have a a need for men to step up and fill that role. Um, like Shane said earlier, you, God doesn't call the qualified, He qualifies the called. Because um, I am not qualified to stand up here and speak to y'all. I am not a very good public speaker. I have, I have grown a lot. I've seen a lot of growth in, in being able to do this. But um, having the opportunities to stand in front of congregations and proclaim God's truth to them it's definitely an eye-opening experience. Any of my teachers that knew me in school knew I wouldn't talk to about five head at one time. But this morning, he has, he has blessed me enough to be able to stand up and proclaim his truth. It doesn't matter who is out there, whether it's one or two people or whether it is a congregation full. And I thank him for the opportunity. I thank y'all for the opportunity. And this morning, I want us to look at, we're going to be in Luke 9, we're going to be looking at verses 57 through 62, and we're going to be looking at what it costs to be a follower of Christ. We're going to look at the true cost of discipleship. So let's start, we're going to start here in verse 57. It says, As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, The foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. But he said to him, Allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Also another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. But Jesus said to him, No one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. We're able to gather and sing praises to you and give you all the glory and honor, dear Lord. I pray that you'll be with me this morning and you'll use me to portray your truths from your word, dear Lord. That it will be made clear and concise. And we'll know what you expect us to be. We'll know you expect us to be more like Christ in our daily walk. And I pray that you'll just be with us all this morning to have open hearts and minds to be molded by your word. and your holy and precious name I pray. Amen. All right, so I, I want us to start off, you know, all of us have something we value. All of us have something we, we put an idea. We know what it cost us. For, for most adults, you know, I, I know what my vehicles cost. I know what it costs to buy my vehicle. I know what it costs to buy my house. I know what it costs to maintain my house. I know it's costing me more and more to keep my children fed because I, I think they eat as much as a horse. They, but we know these costs. We put a value on these things. We put something 
in our minds, we understand it takes this. We know the time and stuff we, it costs us to do our jobs. We know the time we lose with our family. We know the time we lose away from home to do those jobs. Everything we do, we know has a cost. And most of the time, we have an idea of what that cost is. We have an idea of what it's going to cost us to do these things. When we plan vacations, we don't just look at a date and, all right, we're going to go this date. We're, what is this vacation going to cost? We, we have a mentality. We have to understand what cost is. We have to understand and put a value on these things. But more importantly, we need to understand the cost. We need to put a value on what it means to be a disciple of Christ. And that is something, especially nowadays, it is not a monetary value. It is an eternal, heavenly value we have to put in Christ. And following Him and following Him everywhere He leads. So most of us like to go home, especially right now it's a little warm outside, but last week it was cold. Most of us have places we can go home to. We have heat in our house. We didn't have to go home and stoke a fire. We didn't live in a shelter with the wind blowing through it. We all have somewhere we could go. We had somewhere to go lay our head, somewhere to rest, somewhere to stay warm, somewhere to be out of the weather. Verse 57 talks about someone who, who come to Christ, and he, he told Christ he was excited. He was, he was on fire. I will go and follow you wherever you go. I'm going to follow you wherever you go. And Christ reminded him, he said, he said, foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Do we consider that when Christ calls us to himself, when he calls us to follow him wherever he leads, wherever he directs our lives, he calls us to follow him. And that may end up where we don't have somewhere to call home. He may call us somewhere where we don't have a core net area we can stay in. We don't have that, that warm, comfortable house we can stay in where He may call us to reach un, He may call us to go in the mission field to reach un, unreached people groups that have no idea. They, they live in tents. They, they deal with the weather all the time. Are we ready to give up everything we have to follow Him? Is Christ worth giving up our, our nice, comfy Homes, is it worth us laying it all on the line? Christ reminds us it is a cost. There's going to be something required from you during discipleship. You have to make sacrifices to be a disciple of Christ. You have to keep Him at the forefront. You have to keep Him at the beginning and the thought. And everything we do is to bring glory and honor to Him. Are we ready are you willing to give those things up if it brought glory to Christ? Are you ready to work in building disciples yourself? We have to remember. We have to understand that, that Christ had, had nowhere He laid His head. He moved from town to town. People would let Him stay or He would, he would sleep on, on the ground or in, in acquaintances' homes. He didn't have a specific home. He was looking forward. He knew where his true home was. His home was at the right hand of the Father. His home was in heaven. He was a sojourner on this land. When we are called as believers, we are no longer home. This, is, this world is not our home. When you think about it like that, when you think about this, 
the worldly things. We have everything we have on this earth is going to pass away. Our hope is in Christ and eternity with Him in heaven. That is our true home as a believer. If you do not know Christ Jesus, you will not have a home with Him in heaven. That is not where your focus is going to be. Your focus is going to be here on this earth. You're going to be, have a mindset of earthly things. But we have to have a mindset as believers on godly things. We have to point our focus to our hope we have in Christ. 1 Peter 1, 3 and 4 says, Blessed be God, the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. That is our goal. That is what we're working towards. I've been working through 1 Peter with the folks over at Siloam Baptist Church in Windsor. That's, that's the whole picture of that book is our hope is otherworldly. Our hope does not belong here. Our hope lies in heaven and in Christ alone. We cannot have hope in the things of this world. We cannot have our wants and our desires strictly in the things of this earth. We have to be looking to Christ. We have to be looking forward and working towards that hope we have in Him. Verse 59 says, Christ said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. And he said to him, Allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. At first, when I read that, I said, that that's kind of that's brutal, you know, let the dead bury their own dead. But it, if you look at it, and there's several theologians that, that say that is a way of saying let... Let worldly people handle mundane things. Keep your focus, keep your eyes on those that are of spiritual nature. Keep your eye on the goal of sharing the gospel with the lost and doing what we are called as believers in every aspect of our life, no matter what we're doing, no matter where we're walking, no matter what job we have, who we're around, we're to be sharing the gospel. We're to have a burden for people's souls. Christ was burdened for us. He was burdened for our sins. We should be burdened in sharing the gospel with those who are lost and dying and cannot save themselves. Let the dead bury, bury their own. Let, let things of the world be handled by those who are of the world. We have greater things to, to focus on. We have more important things to focus on than the mundane, worldly things. We are to focus on Christ and Christ alone. And the last part of verse 60 there, after he said, Let the dead bury their own dead. As for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Proclaim the gospel. Tell people the good news of Christ that He has come to forgive us of our sins and give us a way to be saved. Ephesians tells us we are dead in our sins and trespasses. You cannot save yourself. A dead man cannot do anything on his own to save himself. We have to be awakened by the Spirit. The Spirit has to awaken us and turn us to Christ. It is all a work of God. It is nothing of works. No good deed we do of ourselves is going to save us. It all comes from Christ. 
And once we have that, once we are alive in Christ, we've put our faith and trust in Him, we're to go and proclaim to the lost and dying, to those dead in their sins that Christ died for them. Christ died to offer us forgiveness for our sins. He died in our place to take our sins if you put your faith and trust in Him. If He has called you to Himself, your sins are forgiven. Are we ready? Are we doing that? Are we, are we so worried about the day-to-day life? Are we so worried about every little thing that has no matter in our lives that our focus is on them? Is our focus for me... During, I'm not going to lie to y'all, from September to December, it is hard for me to switch focus and maintain focus on heavenly things. It's hard for me to focus on doing what God has called us to do on sharing His gospel because I get fixated on hunting. I love to hunt. It's like ingrained in me. I feel like if I don't do it, I'm going to, I'm going to pass away. I'm going to fall out of the boat and drown. You know, I... I feel like it's so intertwined in what I do that I can't turn it loose, but God tells us this is mundane. This is a day-to-day thing. You do not need to focus entirely on this. You need to do what I have called you to do. You need to proclaim my glory, proclaim the good news of the gospel that I have come to save you from your sins. That is our focus. That is what we are called to do as believers. Are we ready to turn loose of these daily things that do not matter in the grand scheme? Are we called to, and are we ready to focus and follow Him in all things? Are we scared to follow Christ? Are we scared to follow Him for where He may call us? I'll tell y'all right now, I was scared to death when I felt the calling to preach. I'm still scared to death. I don't have any, I don't have the kind of uh, schooling to do, to do preaching. I, I have had to learn how to study as I've gotten older, because I was not a good student in school, I did not learn how to study, I did not learn how to apply. I was scared to death to follow Him. I didn't want to turn loose of the mundane things. I didn't want to turn loose of the day-to-day things that had no eternal ramifications. But He has called me to follow Him. He's called me to follow Him and to in the things that may scare me, make me uncomfortable. It's hard for, it was hard for me to talk to strangers. But He has called me to turn loose of those mundane things, turn loose of those things of this world, and cling solely to Him and proclaim Him in every aspect of my life. Whether that's at work, at, at home, at fa- with family, with friends, from a pulpit and a classroom. He's called me to share the gospel with those around me. And then verse 61 says, Another another also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. That that sounds like a a wonderful thing to do, you know, go back and say say goodbye to your family. If if any of us left to go on a mission trip, we're going to say goodbye to those that we love. And verse 62 can... It kind of makes you think for a second. It says, But Jesus said to him, No one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. That's not saying we should not be praying and, and loving on our family and sharing the gospel with them and, and saying goodbye to them. What that's saying is we cannot dwell in the past. 
We cannot dwell in what is behind us. We are to be looking forward. Paul says in Philippians 3, 12 through 14, it says, Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which I also for which I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the prize, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's looking forward. It's it's working forward. Are we ready to to do like we're called to do? Are we ready to press forward for the kingdom of God? Are we ready to work forward and stay on the straight and narrow path? Is anybody, if anybody's ever seen Roger working his horses, when, it, when they're pulling the, the manual plow and the man's walking behind it and he's, he's walking a straight line, he's looking where he's going, he's continuing in that straight line. If he's looking behind him, it's not going to be straight. It's going to waver left and right. It's going to turn to the side. It's going to turn away. We have to keep our focus. We have to keep our sight forward. We have to keep our sights on the things of God and the hope that dwells in us from Christ. Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. How many of y'all have ever run a race backwards? Can you win a race running it backwards? The Christian faith, our, our faith in Christ, our spiritual walk, our, our commitment to disciples of Christ is moving forward. It's moving in the direction in which God has called us. Have we considered what that may cost us when we run this race? When we run the good race, when we do what God has called us to do, when we keep our sights fixed on Him, are we ready for the cost? Have we weighed what is this going to cost us? Will it cost us stature in the community? Will it cost you stature in your family? Will it cost you time or money? When you are being discipled and you are discipling others, it takes commitment. It takes time. It takes sacrificing of things you like to do, worldly things that like to jump at the forefront, like watching television and things like that. Discipleship is costly. There's a lot to be weighed to be a disciple. It is not an easy thing to follow Christ. It, it is the easiest and hardest thing all at one time. All it takes is putting your faith and trust in Him. But then it takes depending on Him day after day after day for the strength to face everything He faced. We read what Christ faced in His wrath. He knew what was set before Him. He knew He had to endure the cross. He had to endure the shame and the ridicule and everything He faced. At this time, he's already, He knows. He's turned His face to Jerusalem. He's, he's looking forward to His death. He knows what's ahead. He knows where He's going. And He's encouraging those that are following Him to weigh the cost. 
Know what it is going to cost you to be a disciple. If you go back and look at how many Christians have lost their life. They laid down every single thing they had down to their last breath to cling to Christ, to proclaim the good news to those that were lost and dying. You think about most of the apostles. Then lately I've been listening to um, Steve Lawson talking about men who rock the world, and you go and listen about the reformers and stuff, but then you get to, to William Tyndale and his intention to, to make sure a plowboy knows more about the Bible than the Pope in Rome. He was translating it into English at the cost of his life so common man could have Scripture. Common man could read and understand what God has portrayed in His Word. We see Fox's Book of Martyrs during Bloody Mary's reign. There was hundreds of people burned at the stake because they put their faith and trust in Christ. They knew the cost of discipleship. They knew what it was going to cost them, yet they would not turn. They would not waver. They kept their eyes forward. They kept straight on the path. They did not look backward and let it veer to the one way or the other. They were continuously working forward for the kingdom of God. Are we ready to do that? Are we ready to give it all up for Christ? Are we ready to put our comfort on the line? Give it all up for Christ if He called us to today. If He called you to martyrdom right now, would you be ready to give it all up for Him? Is He worth everything you've got? He is worth more. Christ Jesus is worth the cost. Being His disciple, following Him, having hope in eternal life with Him in heaven is worth the cost. But we have to weigh that. We have to understand. We have to look at what being a disciple cost us. We have to be ready to stand on Christ and Christ alone. Because if we stand on anything of this world, it is it's like where you read in Matthew 7, the, the wise man and the foolish man. The foolish man built his house upon the sand and the storms came and it washed his house away and he, he lost everything because he put his faith in the world. But the, the man that builds his house on the Word of God, the man that builds his house on the rock, builds his house with the firm foundation of Christ Jesus. No matter what comes, no matter what evil, what bad comes our way, we know we have eternity with Christ. Everything we face, everything we deal with on a day-to-day -day here is just a blip on the radar of eternity. Everything we do should be focused on Him. We should be sharing His love with those around us every time we get a chance. Are we ready to count the cost of what it takes to be a follower of Christ? Do you understand what He is worth? Do you understand what the salvation He has given you? Do you understand what that is worth in the grand scheme, in the big picture, do you understand how far He had to reach to get us? How dead and wretched and vile we were in our sins. How far Christ had to come to get us. There's nothing we can do to get to Him. He had to come to us. Do we understand the cost of that? It cost Christ everything.
It cost him reputation. It cost him family. It cost him his life to die on the cross to save us from our sins. Are we ready to give it up for Him? Are you ready to make sacrifices to do the work of the kingdom? Are you ready to sacrifice those things that have a hold of you, those things that you find hard to turn loose, that are worldly things, they have no... No true spiritual meaning. Are we ready to turn those things loose and cling wholly to Christ? Are we ready to pay the cost for discipleship? Let us pray. Dear Lord, we again just thank you for this day and thank you for this time. We've been able to look at your word this morning, Lord. I pray that you'll be with each one of us here, dear Lord, that we'll, we'll examine ourselves and see if we're ready to pay the cost, if we understand what being a disciple of Christ really is, Lord. I pray that you'll be with all of us that will strive to be more Christ-like. We'll strive to make that commitment, to pay that cost, to do what you have called us to do. Even if it scares us, Lord, even if we feel like we're not ready, you have called us. You have a plan in our lives, dear Lord, and I pray that you'll be with us to to rely and look to you in all that we say and do. And, breathe, and I pray that you'll just bring us all back at your next point hour. And in your holy and precious name I pray. Amen.